Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today. And I thank you for your faithfulness in the, uh, the Word of the Most High God. You know, we have so many ways nowadays uh, to... Uh, uh, to bring the word into our life, we can read it, okay, and we sort of take that for granted. But through the bulk of the what we call the church age, that was not something that the average person could do. So we are quite blessed to be able to read it, read it in multitudes of translations. Uh, we can listen to the word of God in various ways, whether it's uh, recordings on CDs or streaming or our uh, radio. We can watch or listen to podcasts on YouTube, on TVs, just so many ways. And take in the Word of God. And we can do it as we are going, day in and day out. You can do it in your car. Uh, many of us can do it as we're working, as we're preparing in the morning. You just hit a button and listen to the Word of God. Uh, what a blessing. But also, what responsibility? Because we will be held accountable. We will be held accountable for that. And so uh, I encourage you to spend as much time as you can in the Word of God and to really encourage other folks uh, to do likewise. I get folks to join us right here. You know, we keep these things sort of short, less than 10 minutes, to where uh, literally a little drive to the store and you can uh, get a portion of the Word of God. We've been looking the last couple of episodes in Second Timothy at the words of Paul uh, that he was uh, sharing with Timothy. And last episode, we saw... That Paul says, hey, I want to tell you something, that in the last days there's going to be difficult times. And then he describes these men that would be coming. And I was thinking about this. We're going to spend a little more time in this in another portion of the Scripture, probably starting in a couple episodes down the road. But just looking at how these men would be in the last days, in the difficult times. And if you remember, these men would be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. That's a pretty intense list. And then it closed with this, saying that they would hold to a form of godliness although they have denied its power. Now, that's a really interesting verse that I just continue to meditate on through the years because it says they're holding to a form of godliness. And sometimes people will say, well, that must mean that they're into pagan worship and things like that. Well, it absolutely could mean that, okay? It could mean that they're into the worldly things. But when it says holding to a form of godliness, although they deny its power, hmm, that sort of directs my mind toward that they are adhering to a form of true godliness, that they're saying that, yeah, uh, uh, God is Father and Jesus is Son, that they're adhering to a form of godliness, but they are denying the power of that godliness. And so they're giving with their mouth acquiescence to the truth, but their life reflects otherwise. So Paul told Timothy point blank, avoid such men as these. So let's pick up the sixth verse here of 2 Timothy 3. It just continues. For among them, and he's speaking of these men, are those who enter into households and captivate weak women, weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. <laughs> Boy, 
I've seen some of those uh, through the years. <clears throat> but he says among them, among these kind of men, uh, are ones that will go and take advantage of uh Weak women, as, as is described here, weighed down with sins. Uh, folks, this happens more than you can imagine. And it's not just from the point of view, as we often think of, just within physical relationships, so that be true. Uh, it's also in other ways. Uh, I could tell you stories about how uh, people in leadership position in churches have come and taken financial advantages, okay, financial advantages, particularly of older women. Okay, who uh, just view those kind of situations as what can we get out of this? What can I get out of this? What can my organizational church get out of this? Well, I tell you what, God knows every one of those thoughts. But then he said this, that they're always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Yeah, I had some seminary professors like that, okay? I had great professors. I really did. Uh, most of them, for the most part, were good, godly men. But there was an exception or two. And these guys were brilliant. I mean, just you, you can't imagine how smart. But they were always learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. We're seeing that today in many denominations where people are so learned and they're in top leadership positions. But when uh, they're taking stances and you say, well, that's not what the Word of God say, says. And they say, well, yes, it does. And then they just launch on this whole thing of how they've perverted the Word of God to bring it into alignment with what they want to think. So this is nothing new. We see it all the time. Uh, Paul then gives some examples in verse 8. He says, Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth. We would not know the name of these men if it wasn't for the New Testament. We knew there were people in, in the Old Testament in this account with Moses that had opposed him, but we weren't given their name. But Paul knew their name. And he said, in the same way that there was opposition toward Moses, so these men also opposed the truth. Men of depraved mind rejected in regard to the faith. Well, boy, that gets into some curious things, particularly in a lot of what we've studied uh, a little bit in Ephesians and here and there and some things. <clears throat> what is he saying right here? He says, in the same way that these guys oppose Moses, that the men I'm talking about are opposing the truth. And he tells us point blank that they are depraved of mind and they have been rejected in regard to the faith. They're not true people of faith. Oh, they have a form of godliness. They quite often have position within the body of Christ and they have power. They may even vocationally be leaders within the body, but they've actually been rejected. Then verse 9, it says this, but they will not make further progress. For their folly will be obvious to all, just as Genesis and Jambres' folly was also. So what he's saying is, in these last days, when this type of stuff starts to do increase, watch what's going on. Beware these men. Don't hang out with them. Don't have anything to do with them. And realize that their folly will become very, very evident and very obvious. <coughs> Excuse me. I think we've seen that happen. Uh, in our lifetime, to individuals, I think we're starting to see it happen even in, in a more accelerated type of way to where people are beginning to realize, wait a minute, so many that profess to know all this and do all this kind of stuff, I don't see it in their life. And I don't see them speaking of the things of the kingdom of God. Yes, they'll teach about it. Yes, they'll preach about it. Yes, they'll say the right thing. But you know that their hearts have not been transformed and they have not come to the knowledge 
of the truth. Tell you what, folks, it's an age-old situation. Paul warned Timothy about it, and he told Timothy that this would increase and become even worse in the last days. Well, what are we to do in light of that? Well, he tells us in the very next verse, but guess what? I'm out of time. And so we'll check that out the next time. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for being with me, and I'll see you later.